0: Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the Super Sexy Podcast, where every other week we get together to speculate as to the sex lives of superheroes. It's locker room talk for nerds, geeks, fanboys, and any and all aficionados of pop culture. As always, I'm your host, Mild mannered Matthew J. Therio. With me, as always, is the world's finest Mr. Andy Taylor. We are the Super Sexy Podcasters.
1: Hello. Hey, Andy, how's it going this week? I'm doing great. I'm actually doing a lot better since I heard the news. All right. Well, this is on a little bit of a time delay, so
0: why don't we get right into the Super Sexy news? And that's kind of going to date us for uh, the viewers listening as to when we're recording right now. But. Andy, what is the big
1: news of the week? All right, well, Disney uh, uh, 23 is going on right now, okay? And uh, Disney Plus just showed that they have uh, several shows coming out. Well, they already advertised that they have several shows.
0: Uh, Okay, well, that's not the biggest news this week, though. Why don't we start with the top story?
1: Oh, you mean, oh.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get that out of the way. Bad news, then the good news. (sighs)
1: Sony and Marvel are not teaming up together to make any more Spider-Man films. As of when we're recording this, hopefully, hopefully, you know, what we'll
0: pray to the one above all, (laughs) as he's known in the Marvel uh, universe, that, that they can come to an agreement, you know, by the time that you're all listening to this and that we'll have Spider-Man homeless or whatever they're going to call the third one as part of the MCU under Kevin Feige. But, Andy, how, how did this how did this news hit you? Oh,
1: it was devastating. When, when as soon as I heard it, it was like they couldn't even come to an agreement. You know, it was like Sony and Marvel cannot come to an agreement. Now Marvel no longer is involved in making any more Spider Man films. Or Marvel Studios is no longer involved, and Kevin Feige is no longer involved in making any more Spider Man films under uh, Sony's um, Spider Man.
0: Yeah, and it's over some fucking bullshit. It's over corporate greed by Stock owners who don't give a shit about the characters, they just, you know, aren't satisfied with making hundreds of millions. They're like, I think I can make billions, you know. The executives that are making these decisions, you know, are making them for all the wrong reasons. They could be making profitable films. They were. Disney was making a shit ton of money on Spider-Man at just 5%. But no, they wanted to increase that, you know, to 50%. Like, I think they're both at fault. You know, both should have given. And Sony is going to fuck it up because they don't know how to make a good Spider Man movie, as they have proved time and time again. And Disney is fucking it up because they could come to the table and just keep with the same agreement. I feel like Anakin Skywalker in episode two, when he's trying to talk to, uh, you know, Natalie Portman about, like, his political theory, like, look, sometimes people aren't always going to agree. But they should be made to. Sony, Marvel, they should stop being bitches and be made to agree. Even if I have to be the one to do it. I I will slaughter younglings <laughs> to get Spider-Man 3 in the MCU.
1: I, for me, I'm more a little... um uh. What's that, what's that one old... Not Hammurabi. The one that split everybody in two? Like he would split the kid in two? King Solomon. King Solomon. I want to do the Solomon way of 50-50 the entire way. Merchandise. Ticket sales everything. Just, yep. just whatever it takes, whatever, whatever it, takes, it takes, you know, just, I want, I want to do the, oh, Captain America. I need to it, it, like feel that thing and just whatever it takes. Let's move on okay. to some happier okay. right. news. Yes. What,
0: what, what else has come out of D23?
1: Okay. So they've advertised some new shows right now. Okay. So the big one I think is going to be the big one um, is She-Hulk. Um, but, They've also introduced, you know, other characters into the other shows that have already come out. Uh, one of them being Emily Van Camp is coming back for the Falcon and Winter Soldier as Sharon Carter. And Curry. she
0: was exactly Agent Sharon Carter, which I remember having a big crush on oh. her back during like the pilot episode of One Tree Hill. Then I realized it was like a bullshit, you know, soap opera, so I never saw the rest of it. But I was still like, oh, hmm, she is hot. A little bit on the older side now. She's got to be late 30s, right? Uh, sh- Still know. looking good yeah. for a cougar. <laughs> I mean, calling it like I see it, but I, I'd still date her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If I see her at Comic-Con next month. <laughs> yeah, ask her out, you yeah. know? Oh, I, I definitely plan to. Absolutely. And- uh, So, the She-Hulk series, that does not have a, uh, you know, leading lady cast yet, does it? No, it does not. So that brings us to a surprise segment right in the middle of Super Sex and News. We're going to do The Casting Couch. <laughs> now, Andy, mm-hmm. who were you thinking ought to be cast for the lead as Jennifer Walters in She-Hulk?
1: Okay, so the first one I the, the, the main actress that I chose that think maybe do it would be Michelle Borth. And she uh, is in what? Uh, she, she's not really I guess well known. Um she was in that show The, the Forgotten. And the uh, HBO show "Tell Me You Love Me." Um, she was also Not familiar. She's also on Hawaii Five O for a couple years. Oh, you know, she had a recurring character for like the first six years, and then like two of the years after that, she had a guest role. She was a uh, superhero Mary in uh, Shazam. Oh, okay, yeah. Now I know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I can see that
0: absolutely. Uh, she's another one I'm hoping comes to Comic Con. Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, I think I gave her
0: a shout out. In fact, in my uh, review of Shazam, and as well as uh high school, but not really a high schooler, because the actress is older. Mary, yeah, I, I give them both shout outs right there.
1: And in this one, uh, one act, well, she's an MMA fighter. Um, she probably could play like the 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 old fashioned. Um, Luferigno, Lou Ferrigno style. Yes, yeah, I know. Where that be Michelle Borth would be like the regular person and suddenly Gabby Garcia, the MMA fighter suddenly shows up and it's like, "Whoa, you know, she's huge. She's a unit." So the thing about She-Hulk,
0: she's uh traditionally not really switching back and forth. I think in uh the current Avengers run by Jason Aaron, she actually does transform from like weak Jennifer Walters to like Truly hulked out, you know, rage induced in her mind, like uh, She-Hulk. But more traditionally, it's uh, just Jennifer Walters is always the She-Hulk, and she keeps her intellect, and she's just going around green skin, green hair, as like a prosecutor. You oh, know, so a she's prosecutor. like a,
1: a, the Avengers Endgame um, Bruce Banner Hulk. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Bruce and I, so my pitch for this show.
0: Is it's a backdoor to get Daredevil, you know, with Charlie Cox that you know, whole version of it yes. back in. Every episode, all I want to see is her prosecuting someone who is Matt Murdock's like client that he's defending. Yeah. Oh. And it's morally ambiguous and you're seeing both sides and you don't know which is in the right uh, and you just have to decide for yourself and they're gonna clash at it. That that is my dream wow. right you, there. You just hit the nail on the head. And you know who I would cast for? And I know she's, like, talking to Disney right now because she just uh, premiered in a, another trailer at uh, D23. Gina Carino, who, as you remember, she's already been uh, in a Marvel movie, uh, if you include the Fox ones, and that would be uh, Daredevil, or not Daredevil, Deadpool Part 1. Uh, she was the hot girl who no one remembers her name. Uh, but she is, she's got the look, she's got the face, you know the the gaunt sexy face of a woman who has kept in shape her entire life she is fit she's got muscle but not in a gross way for a woman she has got like the perfect amount of muscle for a uh, she-hulk just like either slap some body paint on her or CGI the green and like she is Jennifer Walters she-hulk and I can't wait to see her in the Mandalorian that is my most anticipated show I'm actually
1: looking forward to that too. Yeah. oh yeah
0: absolutely that trailer i watched it for the first time this morning wow that that could be the best thing to come out of star wars since rogue one
1: how much of a uh, does jj abrams have involved in that
0: i don't know that he's involved in it at all oh, i think he's just sticking to uh episode nine.
1: Oh, that's oh thank god Right, right? Oh. see
0: I, I, I'm on the opposite side of the internet with uh respect to Star Wars. Give me way more of Rain Johnson. I can't wait to see his trilogy. Episode eight is my favorite of the saga. I, I am the only person that feels that way, and I will stand by it to my grave. I, I hope Abrams brings it for episode nine, Rise of Skywalker. I think he's making the right move, bringing Palpatine back, but he just shot on. Star Wars so bad with episode 7. That was like prequel or bullshit right
1: there. He lo- he loves his uh his solar flair, uh, lens flares. Oh my god. I don't,
0: I don't even mind the lens flares so much. Like I loved his Star Trek movie. Did, did
1: you see him he's working with the sun right now to make that new Spider-Man which by the way was a stupid thing to try and do on YouTube, uh, on Facebook. You know with that 4 3 2 1 thing. He, wait, he's doing Spider-Man JJ Abrams? Yeah, you didn't you didn't know. Yeah, JJ no. J. Abrams is teaming up with the son to write Spider-Man comic books. Oh, wow, this is news to me. Oh god, and and the, Spider-Man has lens flares on his fucking his his eyelids. It's just like, do you really have to do that to everything? I-
0: if I recall, there was quite a bit of lens flare in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, at least on the movie posters. I, I could be well, it, misremembering. It, it wouldn't
1: be it. it would be so bad if it wasn't a person's shtick, the same way Michael Bay likes to do those bombastic explosions where they just have to rotate the camera around the person as the person stands up in the center and just stares off into like a distance or something like that. You know, so
0: here, here's a secret that you know not a lot of film critics actually tell to the general public, but it's true. And I, I've talked to some of my you know co-writers and whatnot. You know, at the company I work for as a film critic, Michael Bay is great at cinematography. He is taught in film schools like how to do this right. Now there are a lot of people that aren't seeing like some of the subtleties of his direction. But there is more genius there to Mako Bay than the general public gives him credit for, and I will defend that man.
1: He he does know how to make films. The problem is, is he overuses things to the point that they become monotonous almost, and they become the sort of thing that's just like, it's like, oh, well, we're going to be guaranteed this in the film, and they're going to do this thing in the film, you know, and then you watch and you see it like, yeah, didn't see that coming. Now, now if I start on my
0: defense of Michael Bay, we are going to be an hour before we even start the podcast. (laughs) So, I I am just going to start us right on to today's topic. Who the hell is LL? And, And by that, I mean, what is with all these women with the initials LL that Superman has been hooking up with his entire career? And we're talking all the way back from boyhood. So... Before we get to that, we we skipped part last week. We talked about the uh, man of steel, woman of Kleenex, like the physiology of Superman mm-hmm. hooking up with women. Right. We didn't really get into Clark's personality. So, how do you think Clark Kent's personality
1: is going to affect his performance in the bedroom? Well, to me, he seems more of like he's afraid of what he may do. You know, so he seems to me more skittish. He seems to me more like you know. Like, he seems lost at what he he's supposed to do. So, he, he seems to be more of the tell me what to do, tell me what you like type of guy. You know, what what should I do to you?
0: Yeah, he's definitely a little bit of uh, mayonnaise spread across white bread listening to smooth <laughs> jazz. Like, that that is absolutely his personality type. And I blame the Kents. You know, poor upbringing. They made him into a very chivalrous, you know, good-hearted, you know, farm boy. But... That That isn't translating into like outlaw country. Like, I, I think he is just gonna be a very, very boring lover to women who are coming with way too high of expectations. I think Lois Lane, being a city girl, you know, she is uh, bringing a level of adventurousness that Clark, you know, growing up on the farm, just is not bringing. You know, he's a little bit too wholesome. Like, his idea of, uh, sexy sex is you know having a glass of milk doing it missionary style maybe a little bit of super speed and then you know a good night's sleep early to bed early to rise that 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 is my caricature of the character i I, but i don't think it's too far
1: off i don't see him ever pushing a girl's face into the pillow you know while he you know bings her from the back you know and she's begging him for more while biting the pillow just screaming like hit me harder you know unfortunately yeah yeah Yeah. but you know i I pity the girls we're about
0: to talk about
1: (laughs) because each one of them is like he could do this you know and he just uh yeah It, it comes with the upbringing you know it's not it's not you're not messed up it's the parents that messed you up
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I would speculate that these girls never even had a chance to be disappointed. I, I imagine he's so wholesome, he probably, you know, popped his uh Kryptonian cherry on his wedding night with Lois. Probably, you know. I mean, not in every version. Like, there are some versions explicitly where he has absolutely had sex outside of wedlock. But I, I think the traditional Superman is just like the perfect paragon of like what society says is the moral ideal. And we're not talking about our society. We're talking about 1950s society. You know, the, man the man of tomorrow is really the man of the 1950s.
1: And You know, to me, it's like, well, if like imagine him being a little boy, you know, or 15 years old, you know, back 15, I was probably jerking off all the time. So you can imagine him just shooting a load every time he did that. You know, where does he aim for something like that, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking about it now. Like think of yeah, he, he does this probably on a daily basis. I jerked off in high school probably on a daily basis. See I don't think he did. I, I think he was a little uh more
0: self controlled, maybe a little bit not asexual. Obviously he had interest in Lana and whatnot back then, but I, I think he probably, uh saw some moral imperative against uh Self pleasure, onanism, as it's been known. Uh, so he probably controlled himself not because of the physiology of like putting sperm-sized bullet holes in <laughs> the barn door, but but just because you know he's trying to like be good and moral and not quote unquote a sinner and all that. Like I, you know, I grew up like very religious, yeah, you know, I, very Christian, and so yeah. you know, porn and masturbation, those were definitely things that when I engaged in, there was a Horrible, horrible guilty conscience associated with them, and I have to imagine Clark. He didn't have a guilty conscience because his conscience led him, quote unquote, correctly.
1: Well, how, how how Christian was Clark Kent?
0: I mean, there are some versions where he doesn't have any religion explicitly. There are some where he's like Methodist. They say that explicitly. Yeah. There are other versions of the character that he believes in Rayo, the uh, God of Krypton. Like that is his religion. Uh, so it varies in interpretation, but I, I imagine, regardless of whether he believes in God explicitly, he is acting out the morals of like the 1950s culture.
1: Mm, yeah, and that, I think he's a—he's almost like a a man of his time, and he's stuck in that time.
0: Yeah, which not a bad thing, you know, especially in our. In our day, to be looking to a hero like that, why do you think Captain America resonates so strongly? Because he is quite literally a man at a time. He is a yes. man in the 1940s, and that is his charm and appeal because we've lost something. Like, And, and I say that as someone that you know, left the Christian faith. I, I don't have that as my meta-ethical foundation anymore, but I still believe in objective right and wrong. And so having someone that believes in objective right and wrong, like Superman, like... Captain America, even if I don't agree with the particulars, uh, it's still very, very refreshing. So, why don't we get into some of the uh, women that he failed to please, whose names all began with LL. And let's start with his boyhood slash, you know, high school crush, Lana Lang. Now, in some versions, this is like unreciprocated. In others, they were like high school sweethearts and they were going out and they were steady and whatnot. Uh, I always personally preferred like when it was unrequited because that was basically all of my high school relationships. And I just like the hitch type of uh, character where back then in high school, they went from like super nerdy to like skip forward 10 years and they are like an absolute player i, I, I think <laughs> that is the most realistic trajectory of life like the people that were cool in high school i have a very hard time relating to
1: <laughs> yeah i mean uh from from what i understood like a couple guys in high school they didn't really go anywhere after that like they were cool there but that was it that was their peak
0: yeah clark has been portrayed both like you remember the original uh superman movie chris Reeve, like Everyone was making fun of him, like, and he's complaining to his pa, man, if they can see me score a touchdown every time, I would actually be cool, but instead, they just, like, leave him in the dirt and whatnot, versus you look at John Burns, you know, uh, Man of Steel number one, and he is captain of the football team, and everyone just, like, thinks the world of Clark, and he is, like, the most popular kid, and at Smallville, you kind of, like, see that progression, like, from... the pilot episode where he's getting beat up by the quarterback to season four where he is the quarterback and, you know, his life really changes in those four years. Like, or at least his reputation does. I
1: I like the portrayal of having different, uh, different Supermans in different universes portrayed differently. You know, it gives a variety. Oh yeah, absolutely. And plus that you can have them interact because then you can have suddenly have the high school jock popular guy interact with the, you know, the the guy that uh, the Superman that never goes anywhere, that's always stays home. It's always like quiet, you know, lots of stuff. Oh, and, and they're
0: about to interact. Yeah, we got crosses on Infinite Earths coming up and oh. Tom Willen is reprising his role.
1: I'm so looking forward to that. Oh,
0: yeah. And, and my childhood hero is reprising his role as well. Burt Ward is putting on the pixie boots and tots. He's going to be robbing again. All right. And for me. Kevin. At like eighty years old, <laughs> the boy wander. Yeah.
1: Kevin Conroy. That's probably the the biggest thing for me, because as as a '90s kid, I watched the animated series religiously. You know, oh, he is the definitive Batman for every generation that's come since. Like that, that voice, you know. Even on 9/11, I heard a story where even on 9/11, he did the same thing. Like he uh he went out to like help, like feed people and stuff. And they're like, hey, you know, we got Batman in the back, and everybody I was eating the food was like, bullshit. And they're like, yeah, get on the mic. And the next thing he gets on the mic, like, I am the vengeance. I am the knight. And people were like, holy crap, you know?
0: Yeah, wow. I did not know that, actually. Yeah,
1: he's, he's a great guy. From what I understood, it's like even like people who have worked with him said, like, my favorite episode is that one where he uh, has a dream, and he thinks like his parents are still alive, you know? Classic Batman trope. Oh God, it was it was one of those things. It was the, that specific episode that even they point out. They were like, and he's like, yeah, that's my favorite too.
0: All right, let's get back yes, to Lana
1: Lane. Lana Lane. <laughs> All right, so she originally had like the same
0: kind of gimmick that uh, Lois Lane did. Like she was always trying to prove uh, in the pre-crisis continuity that Superboy and Clark Kent were one and the same. She was basically just a redheaded Lois, which, depending on your Opinion might have made her a better or worse version. Like, I go back and forth myself. I, I think, I think today I'm feeling redheads more than brunettes, but uh, that that can go either way on any day. But the, in the post-crisis continuity, she actually ended up marrying Clark's childhood best friend, Pete Ross, and because he ran uh, on the ticket with Lex Luthor for VP, when Lex Luthor had to leave the presidency and Pete Ross became president that made Lana Lang First Lady of the United States. So, that that was a pretty impressive job title right there. Now, in the New 52, she was uh, Clark's prom date, and way, way later down the line, she, uh, after the New 52 version of Superman died, inherited his powers, she became Superwoman. So, she had all the powers of, like, the electric Superman. Uh, if you remember, like, Superman Red and Blue from the late nineties, early two thousands. Now she was, uh, she's been uh, portrayed by a lot of actresses. We'll get to them later, but notably Annette O'Toole in Superman three, who eventually went on to go play Martha Kent in Smallville. And now in Smallville, she was portrayed by Kristen Crook, uh, where the character gave up her virginity to Clark and vice versa. Uh, like we're saying, there are some versions of Superman where he is explicitly like not waited till marriage, and that's despite the fact that Lana, she had a month-long relationship with one of her teachers while she was a senior in high school, to the point where she was living with him, and somehow this guy, he's like, yeah, I'll date a high schooler that I'm teaching, but I'm not gonna go all the way with her. That's how I'm keeping it above board. Yeah, right. She was lying to you, Clark. Yeah, use your x-ray vision. You're going to see that hymen ain't there no
1: more.
0: (laughs) Now, interesting thing about Crook. She actually went on to become involved in uh, Nexium. Am I pronouncing that right? Nexium, Nexium? yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like a multi-level marketing scam slash sex cult. And she was actually running this uh, with Sirius Star, Allison Mack, I know. Uh, Chloe Sullivan. So jelly. Yeah. Which, oh, seriously. Like, I literally had that exact fantasy <laughs> in high school watching Smallville. Like, Those were my two crushes at like, the time. All I
1: had to do was give my life to Nexium, and I would have been like, I would have possibly banged both of them, you know? Maybe I had to go through a couple fat chicks first, but, you know, it would have eventually got to them.
0: Oh, absolutely. And,. Seriously, like, man, they were so good-looking back then. Oh. I, I don't know if they've held up since. I haven't seen recent pictures, but Cr- I, I just remember. And it, I guess that was close to, what, 15 years ago? Something. In Smallville. Started? Yeah, so it's, yeah, not, it's so not that big of They, they could look different now, but. Not that bad. I mean, Steers.
1: But, oh, Kristen Kruick, oh, you know, mm all right, all right, yeah. Anyway, we gotta
0: we gotta find out at where they're uh, being held in prison. <laughs> Try to get us some conjugal visits.
1: Uh, you, you suddenly have a boyfriend in prison. <laughs> you know, he's just on the well, outside. He sends you letters and like money. You know, folk folks write to prisoners all the time.
0: Like that's a thing.
1: Oh, d- d- you know that's a uh, bunch of serial killers on on death row and stuff have girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, I... Like, like, and, and yet
0: my my average is week and a half. That's how long my relationship usually <laughs> lasts. All right. Uh, including the latest. I'll I'll tell you about that one off uh, off the record. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, well, let's talk about uh, Lori Lamaris. Mm-hmm. Now, she was Clark's college girlfriend, and she was also a mermaid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, like, so uh. Yeah, obviously they were not having intercourse because, like, how do you do that? Like, she lays her eggs and then he just kind of like fertilizes, like <laughs> he jerks off yeah. over a
1: couple of eggs. <laughs> exactly, like
0: the biology just ain't there. <laughs> Get ready.
1: But oh, how does that work? You know, she's like, I, I laid my eggs over here. Can you jerk off on them? <laughs> <laughs> Now, from my
0: understanding, what had happened was, like, they became friends afterwards, and she kind of, like, became a wingwoman to him, and uh, Clark, he helped her out by, like, introducing her to Arthur uh, Curry, a.k.a. Aquaman, and she went to go live in, like, Atlantis oh. for a while. I could see that yeah, happening, so.
1: you know? And Plus, Clark— Happy ending there. Clark probably was like, ugh, every time he got down there, it was like, this is a fishy smell down here. Fuck this
0: exactly <laughs> although that, she's probably not the only one he said that about <laughs> but at least she
1: has a good, good, good excuse <laughs> yeah, it's a super smell you know all
0: right let's move on to uh, Lisa LaSalle now she is one of my absolute favorite uh, of all of his girlfriends she is like his girlfriend in Earth One as written by J. Michael Straczynski fantastic graphic novels but uh, those are a version where he's just like Good friends with Lois Lane that never have any kind of romantic chemistry. He ends up dating a girl just living across the hall in his crappy, crappy apartment building. Uh, And she's living there, too, because she can't afford any place better. Uh, And she barely affords that. The way she puts a roof over her head is she bangs for rent. She is a literal prostitute. And he knows, and he is cool with it. Which makes him a good guy, because we should not judge women... Uh, for sex work, whether they are escorts or strippers or uh, ladies of the night, uh, it is a valid profession. It is the oldest profession, yes.
1: older than superhero even. Uh, it's uh, literally the oldest, the oldest profession. Yes.
0: Yep, and I, I'm not being facetious about that. Like I, I think we ought to legalize it.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, there's there should be like you know you should know whether or not the person you're having sex with has a disease. I mean, if you're paying for it, you know, it's like, I, I I should, I should care about the product that I'm about to get, you know,
0: and it's for their safety as well. Exactly. It's going to happen. Exactly, Might as well make sure it's happening above board.
1: all business owners care about their business. They care about the product. You know, they want to give their customers a good product, a quality product that is, that is clean, you know, and it's guaranteed every time.
0: Last time I went to a uh, gentleman's club. You know, I I had an offer from one of the uh, dancers there, Uh, go VIP, do anything, and she was very explicit in enumerating all the things that anything encompassed, (laughs) and I I had to turn her down, one, because she looked way too much like a crazy ex-girlfriend of mine, Uh, two, because I, I really didn't know, like, you know, what, if it was on the up and up there, like, she could have had, like, diseases or whatnot, and there's no, like, board certifying that, like, she doesn't, like. No, nah, I just, I couldn't trust what was going on there. So, I'm like, nah, nah, not going to happen.
1: <laughs> and what about wrapping it?
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't bring any protection. Oh, though, not, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amateur mistake.
1: Hey, I mean, if you had a prostitute that was guaranteed, you know, you wouldn't need a condom. Almost. And and also,
0: look, I I don't feel like I need to be paying either. Like, there's a novelty of going to a gentleman's club with your buddies. Like, it's always half ironic, half genuinely fun. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't really feel like I'm on the level of those, you know, guys. That like, really, that's the only affection they're gonna get. Like, I've been to clubs and gotten girls' numbers, and we've Gone out and dated, like, you know, th- that's one where I feel like, all right, we're we're on equals here. Like, I, I I don't feel like I should have to pay you. I feel like, you know, you want me to pay you? Well, let's go out for dinner. Let's go out on a real date, like, because that's how I interact with women. I don't like need to pay for it. So I, I yeah, that's my philosophy there. All right, so. Clark obviously didn't pay for it either in <laughs> Earth One. <laughs> Let's move on to Lila LaRole. Now, she is another uh, profession that I have checked off the bucket list, and that is actress. And she is actually Krypton's most famous actress uh, back in, like, the uh, Silver Age comics. Then uh, Alan Moore came along in one of the most famous Superman comics of all time for The Man Who Has Everything. Uh he recycled the character. She made him Clark's wife. Well, actually, he wasn't Clark. He was Cal because Cl- Krypton had never blown up in this fantasy he was having. Uh, yeah, he, he had the Black Lotus or whatever it was called on him, causing him to fantasize that he was still living on Krypton. His father, Joel, was alive. Like, the planet was fine. He was married, and he was married to the most famous actress, Lila LaRoe. And they had a son, Van L. And uh, eventually, like he, he tells his son, Son, I don't think you're real. I think you're just a fantasy. <laughs> and then he kind of like wakes up. And then he makes out with Wonder Woman for a little while. <laughs> Overall,
1: good birthday. Oh, I man, if I can make out with Wonder Woman.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll actually be talking about her uh, on the next podcast coming up. Oh, I have a lot to say so, about her. Oh, my God. Like was. All right, we got one more on the list. I don't think this is exhaustive, but uh, this is a good one to end on. Let's talk about Luma Lena. Lena Lina? Luma Lina. I don't know. Comics are just printed. I, you don't hear them out loud ever. Uh, and I am terrible at pronunciation. So well, let's just go L-U-M-A-L-Y-N-A-I. Luma Lenai. That's how we're calling it. Alright, this is in Adventure Comics number 289. I've actually got this issue. It's like an annual special or whatnot. Uh, and there's one section of it called When Supergirl Played Cupid. Now, Supergirl is feeling all sad for Clark that he's a bachelor, which she thinks must mean that he is just going to like die of loneliness if she doesn't like find a match for him. So she goes like to the past, she finds Cleopatra like, hey, I know you're famous for your beauty, why don't you like if, since you're the most beautiful woman in human history, why don't you marry the best guy in human history, Superman that doesn't work out, she tries a few other places in like space and time but eventually like none of it is working out, and then she like has a conversation with Clark, and she's asking him like, what kind of woman do you want, who are you looking for? And so he tells his 16-year-old cousin, (laughs) like first cousin, you know, if I were to marry, it would be someone like you. Now, unfortunately, I can't marry you because of those dang incest laws that Krypton had. I mean, we're on Earth. There are places where I can marry you where, you know, those laws don't apply. But because we're Kryptonians, we got to follow the laws of our people. Otherwise, 16-year-old cousin of mine, we would be getting it on. So, to appease Cal, she uh, finds another place in, like, the universe where there just happens to be an identical version of her that is Age of Consent. And since they're technically, like, not related because it's, like, a different multiverse or whatnot, then it's kind of okay. So, she and Clark, you know, meet and, like, within a few sentences, they're like, well, yeah, let's get married. And he starts to bring her back to Earth, and uh, as soon as she's out of the uh, orange sun of her home planet, she starts to lose her powers, and he's like, well, look, Earth needs me. I'm the protector. I'm Superman. I can't not be there. Your planet needs you, and I, I really kind of only like you because you look like my 16-year-old cousin oh. and you have superpowers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that, it did not work out, needless uh. to say. You know, he should have just banged her and left. You know, and then she had a kid and it, it would have like, you know, like, well, you know, we can at least share a kid, you know.
0: Right. And then that kid would have like super uh, from, deformities. Yeah,
1: you'd be a poor, uh, a power from an orange sun and power from a yellow sun.
0: Uh, it would be more like Super Alabama Man. You remember that uh, commercial from that one South Park episode? Alabama Man! <laughs> no,
1: but. Uh,
0: oh, OK. So, <laughs> anyway, so, that's a thing. So
1: you actually think there would be a problem there?
0: I, I know, I know. Studies have shown like first cousins don't have any greater chance of like deformities. I was just making a joke. Oh
1: no, 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 no! Like, well, he's she's technically from a different time, right?
0: No, she's from a different part of the universe. That's so far out that it's like its own, its own universe. You know, like the version of the multiverse oh. where like there's eternal inflation. Yes, and so that's... like the
1: universe almost sort of repeats itself. As exactly, as, as it so goes she's
0: an like that. In an exact identical genetic match to Supergirl. Uh, and she just has a different name. That's, That's,
1: yeah. okay, now I get it. Okay, that's all making sense. Shit.
0: Exactly. Oh, I, all right, I,
1: well I, that... I'm kind of wondering whether or not, you know, uh, Supergirl at, at this point was probably a lesbian. She's like, no, I don't want to take his dick, you know? You know? <laughs> uh have there been versions of Supergirl that have left out? I don't recall. She, I, honestly, I think Supergirl in this one probably is. A, a, probably a closet lesbian.
0: Actually, that version of Supergirl, like the actual young one, was kind of into bestiality. She had a boyfriend that was a, uh, Pegasus, like, slash unicorn, that would sometimes occasionally turn into her human boyfriend.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, she'll, she was dating her horse Comet. That was like a, like a Zeus thing, sort of, uh, I don't know. There
0: was, there was definitely magic involved. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I, but I mean, it makes you wonder. You're talking about
0: when uh, Zeus turned himself into uh, a sacred cow and banged Europa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, or like, I think he did it with another one. Like, there was a whole. He turned himself into a swan. He told him turned himself into a golden shower. He turned himself into everything. Like, you wonder like how does this sex actually work? And then the thing, and you're you're just.
0: The golden, the golden shower one's the one that's really perplexing.
1: <laughs> golden shower.
0: No, literally, I know it, what it sounds like, but <laughs> well, anyway, that about sums it up uh, for all the girls named LL. Uh, I think we've gotten some uh, interesting anecdotes out of that. But but before we sum that up, like, tell me thoughts on uh, cousins getting together.
1: I want to I want to present an idea to you because I, I brought it up to a couple people at work. Uh, all right. An identical set of twin males marry an identical set of twin females. They have children. Those children are genetic siblings and first cousins. That is true. All right. Imagine them having kids.
0: It would be the equivalent of siblings. having, I mean, And that would probably lead to some deformities or so, whatnot.
1: I, honestly, I'm you're like, going to get a Joffrey out of that yeah, one. Push it off a little bit. Maybe to like, you know, uh, first cousin once removed or something you know just like go a little further out you know you're talking about a hypothetical
0: but my uh best friend and lawyer he actually had uh two grandparents who were identical twin brothers who married identical twin sisters that actually did happen like to a very close friend of mine like in his family
1: and, and what do the children look like? like like i have to know well they weren't
0: marrying each other the children no
1: no no i mean the children like what do the children of the product of those marriages look like
0: Oh, I, I did not, like, see any family oh. photos. This is just anecdotes. Yeah.
1: It would, but it would have been great to, like, to know what they look like. Yeah. So, so, speaking, speaking of-, of anecdotes, yes. I, I get
0: to the family reunion uh, down in North Carolina a few days late one year. <laughs> and everyone's already partying and whatnot. Now, my cousins, one of them, like, from Jersey, the other from California, like, they don't see each other much. Different coasts. So they didn't, like, have over-familiarity growing up around each other. The one is like 21, the other's 18, and the 18 year old is just punch drunk. And Ah. he is getting way too handsy in the hot tub with the older cousin. (laughs) Um, And to the point where my dad, he literally had to like take him out of the hot tub and throw him in the cold pool just to like get him to cool down. Literally, like. clear his head like stop hitting on your cousin sober up and like crit the incest <laughs> so yeah I- i've seen it firsthand
1: well it makes me wonder some of those like family gatherings that were really huge back in the day because like my my family and cousins like i've actually had family members that go all the way back to the civil war so they would actually have like um uh, family picnics and family reunions that it would happen i always wonder i'm like did any family members ever actually meet another family member there and get married? You know, like not now, but like a hundred years in the past. Cause that's how long it's been going on without,
0: without realizing you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Like it, it's been so far. I mean, it went so far back because the civil war happened a long fucking time ago. So, but you have family members that were sort of associated with that. And then they would get together to sort of uh, uh, every couple years, they would have sort of a reunion With family that served, and the next thing you know, it sort of transformed into just a family reunion every so many years. Makes me wonder, did they ever actually do some shit like that? (laughs) So,
0: different story. I uh, went to a very small college, surprisingly small. So you wouldn't think this would be possible there, but uh, one of my like best friends uh, and roommate, uh, he started dating, and and this is like skinny. Scrawny, like skeleton of a man, like redheaded, like not a good-looking guy. Started dating one of the best incoming freshmen, like blonde hair, blue eyes, he like slender, spelt, like just gorgeous, gorgeous girl, like out of my league, uh, so way out of his. And yet they started going out, and he's telling his mom on the phone about how great this girl is and where she's from, and like all the details, and his mom's like, oh, wait, and is her, like, grandma named this and like that? And he's like, wait, yeah, how do you know? And the mom had to break it to him. You're dating your cousin. I mean, we're not that close to that part of the family, but you are dating like your second cousin. Like, not the first cousin, admittedly, but. So what me and my other roommate did, we printed out a map of all 50 states. Where you can marry your third cousin, then your second cousin, your first cousin, and we just left it on his bed. So when they went back to hang out, uh, you know, in the dorm room, she finds it, and she she knows at this point, and she thinks it's already a little weird. Then she sees this, and then it is just over. She storms out of the room.
1: Oh man,
0: good times. I uh I I did a similar thing to the other roommate a few years later, but we'll save that story for another time. Let's move on to our end segment, the casting couch, and we are going to talk about all the women who played Lana Lang in live action, and we're going to decide which is the most attractive Lana Lang we've ever seen. So who are our options, Andy?
1: Okay, so uh, there's Annette O'Toole in uh, Superman three. There's Stacy Heiduk. And Superboy. There's Emily Proctor in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. And there's yeah, just, just
0: one episode there, but that's like one of the best episodes of the series. Tempest, anyone? If I ever had a chance to write Superman comics, I am definitely taking that character from that like uh, show, making him like finally officially part of the Superman canon.
1: And who was who was that actress?
0: She was just like some random actress that they got to play uh, Lana Lang in like this alternate timeline that Tempest had created in which Clark had married Lana instead of Lois.
1: Oh, She looks familiar like I've seen her before.
0: Yeah, Google her. I, I don't know where I know her from. All right. I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. though. She does have a familiar look to her. She
1: does. Okay. Oh, you know what? the supergirl of the of back in the nineties. Um uh Christian Slate no, something Slater. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay, Helen Slater. Helen Slater. You're right. She does, she does look a lot like Helen Slater. Okay. So and then the, let's go down the list. And the last what one are th- would be Kristen Karuk, Lana Lang, and Smallville.
0: Yep. So let's go down the list. What do you think of Annette O'Toole as Lana Lang? Uh,
1: probably attractive in the past. She really doesn't do Well, it well yeah, really. that's what
0: we're judging. Like back yeah. in the past, like circa uh, 1983 or 4, whenever the movie came out.
1: Stunning, you know. I, li- I like the cheekbones. I like the red hair, you know, the s- uh, slender body. Uh, she was very attractive back in the day.
0: And she became absolutely like a milf on Smallville. I, I remember watching that and like, yeah, you got Kirsten Crook and uh, Alice Macker. Oh, that was the mother, wasn't it? The mother, yeah. I mean, the mom is almost as hot as them. Like, why can't she be part of the sex cult too?
1: <laughs> right? You know. It's, right. <laughs> oh God, I, oh, I'm so jealous. Sell so
0: me this. some of that multi-level marketing.
1: I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally willing to join. What do I have to do? I mean, go through like five fat chicks to get to you? Okay, fine, I will. You know. So yeah, I definitely
0: think like she made a fantastic Lana Lang. Absolutely, especially like pulling off the natural redhead like.
1: What do you think of uh, Stacy Heiduk? Uh, she's all right, you know. I honestly, I really don't know much about her. Um,
0: yeah, I can't say that I do either. I mean, she does have the natural redhead thing going for her, but it's such an '80s haircut to it, like you know, with the bangs and the curls and like permanent press. And like, nah, I ain't feeling that. Not nearly as much as the netto tool, let's say. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, Emily Proctor. All right, so Emily Proctor. Um, she's uh, she's all right, you know. I I honestly, uh, you know, she back in the day she was probably a stunning, but like you know, she just she was in one episode. She really didn't like fill it out for me. She looks attractive. Uh, she was a blonde in the episode, yeah. not even a redhead. Yeah, she doesn't even look like a natural blonde, so it's like. Eh.
0: Yeah, now, like, pretty in a way that you know objectively, yeah, she's pretty, but not in a way like, man, like, I'm super attracted to her kind of way. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: and then we we come to uh, Kristen Crook. I'm in love. In love? I'm in love.
1: Oh, my God, that face. She's got that
0: half Asian, half white, like, perfect mixture of, like, man, that is just,
1: Mm, that really does it for me. That innocent, yet I'm serious sort of face. Like she she like she's just transitioning into like becoming the woman, you know, it's like she's she's slowly becoming that person that's like I'm not going to take anybody's shit, but at the same time she's just naive enough. very soft,
0: subtle features, like you know, like a porcelain china doll, like whew. Yeah. yeah. I
1: know. And those eyes. Oh, she's got perfect eyebrows. You know, that yeah that yeah. nose and those lips.
0: I honestly think it is a genuine toss-up
1: between Annette O'Toole and Kristen Crook. Like, I don't know that I can decide between the two. I, I'm going to have to go with Kristen Crook and and then Annette O'Toole. All right, fair enough. Well, I do think, like,
0: making Lana Lang, like, Asian makes a lot of sense, because Lang is a very, like, Asian name. Yes. I, I yeah. wouldn't associate it with, like, Irish redhead. Like, maybe I just don't know enough about, like, Irish names or whatnot, but yeah. I, as far as casting off uh, off color, like there's been a lot of poorly done ones lately, but of Lang made a lot of sense back then. So yeah, I I'm not gonna fight you on this one. I was fifty fifty. You're voting Kristen. Kristen wins on this one.
1: Oh, and just so you know, uh, Lang uh, the surname is Germanic in origin but it's also known as Hungary known in Hungary and uh, Chinese, predominantly Chinese. in fact a lot of them. Are All right. right. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. But yes, who who are we
0: casting today? Now that we've been told that we are making a modern day Super Bowl movie, you know set like in Smallville, we have been asked to cast like Lana Lang. So what actresses are we inviting onto the casting
1: couch? Okay so for me uh it would be basically ant-man's daughter and by now she's a lot older she's like i think 11 and they probably if they did do the movie it wouldn't be for another four or five years so right then she's just about to start high school and i think that's when they introduce they should introduce superman and that's right around that time you know high school should be the time in which superman sort of uh, Clark Kent becomes the man, you know, and she should be introduced. I mean, cause if you actually look at like actual 15 year olds and six fourteen 14 year olds, they look way different than these movie stars that look like they're a lot older, you know?
0: Right. And that was one of the things that made like a movie like super bad. So great. They cast, uh, actors very close to the actual age. like, yes. And there was a realism there. Like that wasn't
1: conveyed in like,
0: American Pie, per se. Yeah, you weren't getting a
1: 25-year-old actor playing a 15-year-old kid,
0: you know? So I'm not waiting to make my movie. Like, I'm making it this year. And I actually am doing exactly that, where I'm taking a girl that's a little bit older and, you know, casting her down to, like, 18 senior year. And I am casting, actually, Jaden Gould. And the reason... I don't think she's necessarily the best for the job... But she has experience. She played Lana as a child in Man of Steel, as you'll recall. From, like, you know, the school bus scene and whatnot. Now, you wouldn't have seen it then, but she turned into an absolute stunner. Like, she she doesn't have the look of Lana Lang, but I think you dye the hair red, you know, she's pretty enough that no one's going to say, ah, this isn't the girl from the comics. They're just going to say,
1: huh, right click, save as. Mm. And she is very stunning. Huh, how old is she? Yeah,
0: and I – that's uh, – 21. Yeah, you want to – Okay. 20, oh, right then. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's fine. Right-click, save Add it's indeed. Yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right, we're safe.
1: Yeah, she's a uh, – Exactly.
0: All right. So, that moves us to our final segment, so I'm at the bar. And the bar I'm at in this particular anecdote is the modern – which is the, uh, restaurant slash bar that is, uh, attached to MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in, uh, New York City. And I was there on a first date, like a Tinder date, kinda. And this was the very first time that I'd ever, like, taken the train into Penn Station to, like, meet a girl from, like, New York to, like, have a date there. And when I had gotten off the train, like, we had no plans on, like, what to do or whatnot, uh, But we both felt it initially, like, oh, wow, no, I I actually do like this person. Uh, So we went to uh, MoMA, and then, like, I took her, you know, to uh, the modern, just to, like, flash a little cash, like, kind of impress her a little bit. And as we're talking, I learned that me flashing my cash is not that impressive at all, because, according to her, from what she's telling me, she is a millionaire CEO of her own company, like, She's telling me, like, oh, she has all this passive income as well. She is several times published, you know. She's all these things. Like, she uh, and is well invested in, like, uh, property. So she has all that. And, like, she is a millionaire. And I'm like, huh. I don't know if I'm genuinely dating a millionaire or this girl is just, like, a bullshit and liar. But I was having a fun time. That first date. It lasted eight hours, and I kept giving her out. It's like, uh, okay, like, do you want to leave or do you want to do something next? And she just, oh no, 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 let's go to like Rockefeller, like to the skating rink and whatnot. And, like she kept naming other stuff to do. I'm like, okay, and man, she was intense. She's like. On our first date, like, you know, if we ever had kids, like, we ought to homeschool them. And, like, if we want to teach them about ancient Egypt, we'll just, like, go to Egypt for the weekend because I've got that kind of money. And I'm thinking, wow, I either found uh, an absolute bullshitter, like, a female Barney Stenson, or I, I have really, really, like, become a trophy husband potential for... You know, I can really dig some gold right here. <laughs> and so I start Googling her on the train ride home, seeing if any of her story is true. And every single word of it. I, sh- I saw, like, some of her books with her face on the cover, like, on Amazon that I could buy, like, right then and there. I'm like, oh, wow, no, this this girl is for real. And we go out a few times, and... uh. Eventually, like, personality conflicts and the fact that I was in love with another woman at the time. Man, I, I, I ended things. Years later, Mark Zuckerberg suggests to me like via Facebook, uh, friends you might know, hey, remember the millionaire? <laughs> what if you gave things a second chance? Maybe it's time to retire early. So so I friend her, and then uh, we get to talking, and I, I ask her, like, hey, what if we give it one more shot? And so we go on one more date and like, I remember, oh, right. Like I could retire right now and just become a trophy husband. But you know what? I think I'll just keep working and wait till I actually find a girl I love because I just wasn't feeling it on the date. And then that night I get drunk and I text her to see like, Hey, you want to go out again sometime? And then when she's like, no, no, it wasn't really feeling it. So I go from it being my decision and I could have been dating this, you know, millionaire, <laughs> to like knowing, oh, nah, it just wasn't happening. So, so Yeah. That was the time I dated a millionaire. Yep. Oh, it, things were going so well at first, like, you know, in a in another version of the multiverse, Matthew is sitting around still doing a podcast, you know, but he doesn't have nearly as many stories because he just settled down and he's got some kids that are like flying to Greece and London for the weekend.
1: And that will that will do it for today. Some some days I, I just wish he could just like, you know, shut your mouth, put out and take the money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm not hurting for money.
0: All right. Well, that has been another episode of the Super Sexy Podcast. Next week, we are going to be talking about the women of Kleenex, the other women whose names aren't, you know, the LL initials uh, that Superman stated. So that is part three of Superman coming up. If you want to follow us, We really should get a Twitter handle. But we are on Facebook. Uh, Follow us uh, there. Super Sexy Podcast. And uh, yeah, we're out. Have a good one, y'all. See ya.